Welcome to the Tech Meme Right Home for Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, the UK looks like it's going to make that online safety bill into law. Instacart closed up, but ARM has been trending down on the markets. Could Apple really have considered getting into the stock trading game? Is iPad finally getting a WhatsApp app? And what if you could get AI to perform better simply by giving it gentle words of encouragement? Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. The UK's parliament has passed that online safety bill, which we've discussed in the past. It's actually been in the works since 2019. But this recent move paves the way for royal assent and the bill actually becoming law as soon as in the coming days. Quoting TechCrunch. Controversial UK legislation that brings in a new regime of content moderation rules for online platforms and services, establishing the comms watchdog Ofcom as the main internet regulator, has been passed by Parliament today, paving the way for royal assent and the online safety bill becoming law in the coming days. Speaking during the bill's final stages in the House of Lords, Lord Parkinson of Whitley Bay reiterated that the government's intention for the legislation is, quote, to make the UK the safest place in the world to be online, particularly for children, end quote. Following affirmative votes as peers considered some last-stage amendments, he added that attention now moves, quote, very swiftly to Ofcom, who stand ready to implement this and do so swiftly. The legislation empowers Ofcom to levy fines of up to 10%, or up to 18 million pounds, whichever is higher, of annual turnover for violations of the regime. The online safety, nay, harms bill has been years in the making as UK policymakers have grappled with how to respond to a range of online safety concerns. In 2019, these efforts manifested as a white paper with a focus on rules for tackling illegal content such as terrorism and CSAM, but also an ambition to address a broad sweep of online activity that might be considered harmful, such as violent content and the incitement of violence, encouraging suicide, disinformation, cyberbullying, and adult material being accessed by children. The effort then morphed into a bill that was finally published in May 2021. The proposed legislation continued swelling in scope as a grab bag of additional duties and requirements got bolted on in response to a smorgasbord of safety concerns reaching policymakers' ears, whether related to trolling, scam ads, deepfake porn, or most recently, animal cruelty. Changes within the governing Conservative Party since 2019 have also seen a succession of different senior ministers steering the legislation, including the likes of Oliver Dowden and Nadine Dorries, who, in Dorries' case, enthusiastically pushed to speed up the application of criminal liability powers for tech CEOs. Another major strand of controversy is focusing on the potential impact on web security and privacy, as the bill hands sweeping powers to Ofcom to require platforms to scan message content for illegal material. A parade of end-to-end encrypted platforms and services have warned over the risks such powers pose, with several well-known services threatening to exit the UK unless the bill was amended to safeguard strong encryption. In the event, the government appears to have steered out of a direct clash with mainstream messaging services like WhatsApp by fudging the encryption issue with a carefully worded ministerial statement earlier this month. But again, privacy and security experts remain watchful. Additionally, there is concern the bill will lead to a mass age-gating of the UK internet as web services seek to shrink their liability by forcing users to confirm they are old enough to view content that might be deemed inappropriate for minors. Wikipedia's founder, Jimmy Wales, is among those raising concerns about the bill as an instrument of state censorship. He's attacked the government's approach as triply bad, quote, bad for human rights, bad for internet safety, and bad law, and pledged the online encyclopedia, quote, will not age gate nor selectively censor articles under any circumstances, end quote. 
quick note that Instacart closed up 12.33% in its NASDAQ debut yesterday, valuing the grocery delivery company at just over $11 billion. Instacart, as we've said, was valued at $39 billion back in March of 2021, but when they first started pricing shares this month, they were looking only at an $8 to $9 billion valuation, so they ended up doing better than that. Also noting that Arm, which you'll recall recently IPO'd, has lost nearly 10% of its valuation since its IPO, which can happen. And all eyes are on Clavio today, which is expected to start trading on the New York Stock Exchange probably by the time you hear these words. This is hella interesting. Sources are telling CNBC that as equities soared back in the year 2020, Apple and Goldman were working on a stock trading feature for iPhones, but they shelved that project in 2022 as markets turned south. Quote, The effort, which has not been previously reported, would have added to Apple's suite of financial products powered by Goldman. Apple first teamed up with the Wall Street Bank to offer credit cards in 2019 and then added buy-now-pay-later loans and a high-yield savings account. The company said last month that the savings account offering had climbed past $10 billion in user deposits. Apple was working on the investing feature at a time of zero interest rates during COVID, when consumers were stuck at home and spending more of their time and their record savings in trading shares, including meme stocks like GameStop and AMC from their smartphones. Apple's conversations with Goldman began during that hype cycle in 2022, sources said. Their work progressed, and an Apple investing feature was meant to roll out in 2022. One hypothetical use case pitched by executives involved the ability for iPhone users with extra cash to put money into Apple shares, one person said. But as markets were roiled by higher rates and soaring inflation, the Apple team feared user backlash if people lost money in the stock market with the assistance of an Apple product, the sources said. That's when the iPhone maker and Goldman switched directions and pushed the plan to launch savings accounts, which benefit from higher rates. The status of the stock trading project is unclear after Goldman CEO David Solomon bowed to internal and external pressure and decided to retrench from nearly all of the bank's consumer efforts. One source said the infrastructure for building an investing feature is mostly built and ready to go, should Apple eventually decide to move forward with it, end quote. Yeah, but here's the thing. Apple is, as we know, extremely concerned about people only having positive experiences with their products. A savings account is one thing because, in theory, number only go up with savings accounts, but if people see like a 20% haircut in their retirement nest egg, yeah, that's a pretty negative brand association you could run into there. It's one thing if you lose money in your Robinhood account in the app on your iPhone. It's another thing if it's your Apple app and bank account and brokerage account itself that has lost money. People have been begging for a WhatsApp iPad app for basically ever, and maybe they're about to get their wishes granted. WhatsApp has released a beta via Apple's test flight that works natively with the iPad, built using Mac Catalyst after years of requests for such an app from users. Quoting The Verge, From what we can see in screenshots, the iPad app works exactly like you'd expect. You can connect to it by scanning a QR code the same way you'd link your account to any other device, You'll see a list of your conversations on the left and your current chat on the right. It's pretty much the iOS app, but instead of seeing one pane at a time, you see both. It almost makes you wonder what took so long, especially when WhatsApp head Will Cathcart said all the way back in January 2022 that, quote, we'd love to do it. 
Meta, for some reason, has never liked building iPad apps. There's still no iPad app for Instagram or Threads, and even the Facebook app is just a poorly zoomed version of the iPhone app. Messenger is about the only Meta app with a half-decent iPad experience, but as WhatsApp becomes more central to Meta's social ecosystem and as the company tries to convince businesses to use WhatsApp for listings and customer interactions, it makes sense to bring the app to iPad as well. The WhatsApp experience has gotten a lot of attention recently. The Mac app was updated with better group calling. HD photos and video are now supported in the app. Channels are rolling out to users around the world. And Meta has done a lot of work to make it easier to use your account on multiple devices. Maybe most interesting of all, Meta appears to be working on making WhatsApp a cross-platform messaging service in order to comply with EU rules, which is yet another reason to make the app available to as many users in as many places as possible." End quote. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity. But user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. With everybody fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. I use this, and you should too. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee, so get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Neuralink has opened enrollment for the first human trials of its brain implant for paralysis patients. This is expected to take about six years and might only include around 10 people, quoting Reuters. The study will use a robot to surgically place a brain-computer interface, or BCI, implant in a region of the brain that controls the attention to move, Neuralink said. 
adding that its initial goal is to enable people to control a computer cursor or keyboard using their thoughts alone. The company, which had earlier hoped to revive approval to implant its devices in 10 patients, was negotiating a lower number of patients with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration after the agency raised safety concerns, according to current and former employees. It is not known how many patients the FDA ultimately approved. CEO Elon Musk has grand ambitions for Neuralink, saying it would facilitate speedy surgical insertions of its chip devices to treat conditions like obesity, autism, depression, and schizophrenia. In May, the company said it had received clearance from the FDA for its first in-human clinical trial when it was already under federal scrutiny for its handling of animal testing. Even if the BCI device proves to be safe for human use, it would still potentially take more than a decade for the startup to secure commercial use clearance for it, according to experts, end quote. Finally today, deep mind researchers have detailed optimization by pro-prompting, P-R-O in capital letters, prompting. At least that's how I think you pronounce it. I'm not entirely sure. This is all in aid of improving LLM performance by using what they're calling meta-prompts, things like telling the LLM to take a deep breath. This has apparently helped Google's Palm 2 development significantly, especially in areas surrounding math. This is going to sound wild, but what if you just gave the AI encouragement to get it to perform better? AI, they're just as fragile as we are, quoting Ars Technica. Google DeepMind researchers recently developed a technique to improve math ability in AI language models like ChatGPT by using other AI models to improve prompting the written instructions that tell the AI model what to do. It found that using human-style encouragement improved math skills dramatically in line with earlier results. In a paper called Large Language Models as Optimizers, listed this month on Archive, DeepMind scientists introduced optimization by prompting, or O-P-R-O a method to improve the performance of large language models such as OpenAI's ChatGPT and Google's Palm 2. This new approach sidesteps the limitations of traditional math-based optimizers by using natural language to guide LLMs in problem-solving. Natural language is a fancy way of saying everyday human speech. Typically, in machine learning, techniques using algorithms such as derivative-based optimizers act as a guide for improving an AI model's performance. Imagine a model's performance as a curve on a graph. The goal is to find the lowest point on this curve because that's where the model makes the fewest mistakes. By using the slope of the curve to make adjustments, the optimizer helps the model get closer and closer to that ideal low point, making it more accurate and efficient at whatever task it's designed to do. Rather than relying on formal mathematical definitions to perform this task, OPRO uses meta-prompts described in natural language to set the stage for the optimization process. The LLM then generates candidate solutions based on the problem's description and previous solutions, and it tests them by assigning each a quality score. In OPRO, two large language models play different roles. A scorer LLM evaluates the objective function, such as accuracy, while an optimizer LLM generates new solutions based on past results and a natural language description. Different pairings of scorer and optimizer LLMs are evaluated, including models like Palm 2 and GPT variants. OPRO can optimize prompts for the scorer LLM by having the optimizer iteratively generate higher scoring prompts. These scores help the system identify the best solutions, which are then added back into the meta prompt for the next round of optimization. Perhaps the most intriguing part of the DeepMind study is the impact of specific phrases on the output. Phrases like, let's think step by step, 
prompted each AI model to produce more accurate results when tested against math problem datasets. This technique became widely known in May 2022 thanks to a now-famous paper titled Large Language Models Are Zero-Shot Reasoners. Consider a simple word problem such as Beth bakes four two-dozen batches of cookies in a week. If these cookies are shared among 16 people equally, how many cookies does each person consume? The 2022 paper discovered that instead of just feeding a chatbot a word problem like this by itself, you'd instead prefix it with let's think step-by-step and then paste in the problem. The accuracy of the AI model's results almost always improves, and it works well with ChatGPT. Interestingly, in this latest study, DeepMind researchers found take a deep breath and work on this problem step-by-step to be the most effective prompt when used with Google's Palm 2 language model. The phrase achieved the top accuracy score of 80.2% in tests against GSM-8K, which is a dataset of grade school math word problems. By comparison, Palm 2, without any special prompting, scored only 34% accuracy on GSM-8K, and the classic Let's Think Step-by-Step prompt scored 71.8% accuracy. Why does this work? Obviously, large language models can't take a deep breath because they don't have lungs or bodies. They don't think and reason like humans either. What reasoning they do, and reasoning is a contentious term among some, though it is readily used as a term of art in AI, is borrowed from a massive data set of language phrases scraped from books and the web. That includes things like Q&A forums, which include many examples of let's take a deep breath or think step by step before showing more carefully reasoned solutions. Those phrases may help the LLM tap into better answers or produce better examples of reasoning or problem solving from the data set it absorbed into its neural network during training, end quote. Nothing for you today. Talk to you tomorrow.